Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Rowan and the Wasteland, where we discuss a film and honor its place amongst its peers. My name is Rowan, and joining me, as always, a man that if I saw across the way at a hospital shelter, I would run to him and I would wrap my arms around him like I hadn't seen him in years. It's Shane Kanto, ladies and gentlemen. And I'd probably tear up just as much <laughs> as I did when that happened in this movie. Because <laughs> I was just sitting on my couch and just like, nope, tear coming. Here we go. Yep. Uh, the movie that we are discussing today is, by the nature of the topic itself, quite difficult to watch. Uh, it is The Impossible, uh, J.A. Bayona's uh, 2012 film uh, based on a very real uh, natural disaster, uh, a tsunami in Thailand that happened, I believe, in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, star And uh, the film stars Naomi Watts, Ewan McGregor, a very young uh, Tom Holland, uh, as people who are very real. Uh, it is based on the true story of one family. Um, I'm sure conflated with, with, with dramatic license. Um, but uh, I know the, um, the actual woman played by Naomi Watts in this film uh, did um, give her approval on the, uh, on the contents of the film. So it must be relatively accurate. Um, yeah, uh, Shane, we'll just start off. What did you think of The Impossible? Well, it obviously moved me. Um, there is some moments that really did hit me. There's some very cathartic moments after all the stuff that happens in this film leading up to certain things that are just like, wow, that just hits you hard. And this is indeed, like you said, a hard film to watch because this is like the sequences that show the actual disaster are intense and brutal in a somehow PG 13 movie. I will add, (laughs) I didn't even notice that this is PG 13. Yeah. And like, there is like, there is extremely intense. I'm not going to use the word violence, but there's also like a decent amount of nudity that I didn't expect too. Yes. Uh, Yeah. And somehow skin hanging off of the back of somebody's thigh. That was when I checked the rating. That was when I thought, hold on, this, this is, there's no way this can be PG 13. Consider me proven wrong. I guess it wanted to compete against Expendables 3 to find out which movie can push the envelope when <laughs> PG-13 is the most. Right. Um, but this is, and when it really comes down to it, it's such a beautiful film, which mm-hmm. is such a strange way to describe such a brutal story. Mm-hmm. But I had only, well, God, I keep saying this. I keep saying I've only seen a monster calls from Jay Bayona. And I'm pretty sure it's because I keep trying to block out Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> uh, it's not that bad. It is not that bad. It jumped one of the biggest sharks I've ever seen a movie jump when it had human clones in it. I'm just like, what is this nonsense? But yeah, to be fair, like, it's just a big dumb movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which mostly all of Jurassic World, the whole entire trilogy. Um, but Jay Bayona is such a talented director. And just watching this film, you can see how he's able to just bring so much to every frame of the film. And there's some performances in this movie. Good for Tom Holland. Yeah. Like that kid, just that kid is very talented. Yeah, killing it when he was, uh, I think, 12 or 13. Something like um, that. Yeah, yeah. Tiny Tom Holland. Speaking of, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Spider-Man in one movie in the same family even. 
related. <laughs> Who knows? Starting um, the rumors here right now on the internet. <laughs> but yeah, I do. Uh, I do echo what you said about this movie just being absolutely beautiful. There's a scene near the end where um, Naomi Watts. Uh, I think it's her um, uh, remembering what happened when the tsunami first hits and she's swirling around in this, like uh, in this uh, tidal wave, frankly, and above her, there is just so much color that I did not expect uh, to, to be in this film. And it's just, it's just so gorgeous. And like, it, it just, it's just the most beautiful shot of the movie and it comes out of nowhere and then it leaves just like that. Um, yeah, but but definitely uh, not too uh, not too hard to look at. I definitely think it's interesting because of the specific natural disaster you're dealing with. Because like, if you think of like a hurricane, a tornado, stuff like that, there's darkness. It's scary. Like the tsunami is just coming right at you, and then you look above you, and just these beautiful skies. It was the middle of the day, and it's such an interesting contrast. And it's like they're constantly like looking up to like this beautiful sky and then you look down and just ravaged place that they're trying to sift their way through like Naomi Watts because she got nominated for best actress right Mm -hmm. yep she earned that like if Leo could win an Oscar for being the world's most unfortunate uh skin trader guy um fur trader (laughs) Naomi Watts could get nominated for this for just the pure amount of pain that she has to portray in this movie yeah yeah it's it's truly an astounding performance and even though I do um you know she is at the very center of 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 the film it's it's based specifically on Maria's story although honestly she's unconscious for a lot of the movie and and yeah. and, and we do you know occasionally cut back to oh what's you and McGregor doing uh what's what's tiny tom holland doing what are, what are the other two little kids doing um and it all feels it all feels very well rounded uh, like we have a a complete picture about what's going on despite only following one family and i think that that's also um a very interesting part of the film is that it's about the tourists and not the locals um, yeah. of the disaster. It is specifically based on Maria's experiences. And, um, but what I found remarkable, and, and this is one of the aspects that was very true is that the, um, the people of, of Thailand helped, helped everyone who was uh, like, despite losing everything, uh, you know, um, their, their human nature, their, their kindness won out and they did help the people who, who, who whose lives, um, who were in Thailand just for a little bit of time, whose lives yeah. were, you, you know, completely uprooted uh, by the, uh, by the tsunami. And I just think that that's absolutely fascinating. Um, and also, uh, I just want to point out, this is an English language, Spanish production set in Thailand. So we're yep. really jumping all around the globe there. All over the place. <laughs> and it's, very uh, babble of it. Uh, yeah. um, but like, um, I feel like it was a very interesting seeing some of the local, like the characters who are locals, like getting in there and helping them and like doing their best. Those moments where that one guy was dragging Naomi Watts across the ground and she's just yeah. immense pain. I'm just like, <sighs> um, from a storytelling standpoint, it's interesting because there's some really good elements in terms of how they pull the layers back on this. Like they keep you wanting 
to find out what happened to the rest of this family mm-hmm. and it knows exactly when to give you answers right for like the most dramatic effect it also feels very very staged in the third yeah. act even though jay bayona is doing such a great job with like the deep focus and utilizing things in the background and like it's such a it's it's a tough thing for me sitting and watching parts of the towards the end of this movie because it's like it's so well shot and constructed but it also feels like come on right <laughs> they all just like converge at the same time they're like right down the hall <laughs> and you know it just you have it's like the, the one hospital we haven't checked <laughs> exactly so like those kinds of elements and it's just like it comes off pretty melodramatic at times but like Jay Bayona makes it work so well because he knows how to craft it well. And you have all those great shots of like, you know, you and McGregor walking across here and then you just seeing Tom Holland down across the balcony on the level below and just like, okay. And then that camera like moves down and just like, if this wasn't so technically well done, this would feel even cheesier. Um, But besides that, everything else just hits you like a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely it's all it's all very visceral um and and like very very intense especially one could argue that um you know most of the anxiety is at the beginning of the film before everything has happened because as you, you know it would be very difficult to be watching this movie and not know what it is about in some sense of you know in some yeah. sense and so at the beginning, like for the first 15 or so minutes or 20 minutes, there is the anxiety about knowing what's going to happen when everything is happy and the vacation seems that it's going well. And you know that it's going to turn into this very, um, you know, very scary situation. But, you know, you are focused on, oh, that is like, that is such a beautiful location. And, oh, like, you know, what, what are they doing now? But there's that sense of dread that's building back in your mind that the characters aren't, that the characters don't have yet. Um, mm. And and that I think is also very well done, despite probably not being super intentional, um, you know, because they were just portraying how the you know how the vacation was, and and there was nothing beyond that because the characters at that point had no idea what was going to happen, um, and so I I I I I would say I felt that as well, um, in addition to all of the scariness and intensity that happens later on. Well, and a film like this, it's tough because like you need to set up these characters for you to care about them mm-hmm. and add some layers to them because otherwise then they're just like cannon fodder yeah. in a disaster movie. And like, I wouldn't necessarily say I was hundred percent engaged mm-hmm. with a lot of what the family stuff was at the beginning of the film. Like it's pretty standard stuff. I did really like Tom Holland though. <laughs> like how he was yeah. interacting with his parents, I think was yeah. really good, but like, you don't know when it's going to hit. And it's so weird because it's like bright midday and it feels like it comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And like, there's the subtle little hints and stuff like that. And then it's like, bam, it's on you. And you're just like, yeah, it, it, it happens like that. And then you don't expect how brutal it is. Like, this is a brutal film. Like it does not pull punches in the way that it portrays the, um, the results of this tsunami and then it's so strikingly beautiful with the light and just the camera work and the intimacy with the characters 
that it's such an interesting contrast and like there's very few people that I feel like can balance beauty and disaster and grotesqueness and like I think of like Cormac McCarthy whose books are so disturbing but written so beautifully this is such a disturbing story but it's shot so beautifully mm-hmm. that you're just taken taken aback by it. Absolutely, yeah, and and that is, that goes hand in hand with a lot of the uh, the really beautiful themes here. You know, it's all about it, like a sense of community through shared trauma and loss. Everyone in this movie experiences the same thing. Some, you know, some are better off and some are worse off, but it affected everyone. And that mm. is, you know, and that is something that, that everyone else, uh, that everyone can not necessarily bond over, uh, but they can, uh, they can all acknowledge that it's happened to them. And, you know, some people have kids, some people don't like the, um, the guy that gives you and McGregor uh, the phone later on. So we can uh, inform his, his family about what happened, uh, you know, his dad about what happened to his family. I thought that that was just great because, you know, like people who would never have met if not for this are, are now looking out for each other yeah and i just think that's really really beautiful yeah and just the intense drive to get back to family mm-hmm. and god i just thought i used the word drive and family in the same sentence and it was not talking about fast and furious <laughs> um but like this is such like i was pretty blown away by this movie because like i I was aware of this movie, but I never had like the feeling to be like, go out of my way to check this film out. To be honest, honestly, if I knew that Tom Holland was actually in this, I probably would have checked this out earlier. Yeah. Um, just because out of curiosity, I'm like, wow, he was like a kid. Um, but, and I probably should check this out after I saw Monster Calls too, because I love that film. And mm-hmm. Jay Boone is so talented and, Looking forward to see what he does after his dabbling in the Jurassic world. Right, right. Have you, um, so wait, had you seen this before we watched it? No. Oh, wow. So it was your first time as well? Yes, this was my first time watching this and color me impressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I am, I am glad uh, that I was able to watch this. I feel like it's an important film to watch, uh, if only because it made me aware that this even happened, uh, similar to how uh, uh, the Watchmen series made me aware of the Tulsa massacre. You know, I, 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 I had a vague memory of, oh, something happened in Thailand then, and I knew it because of this movie, because of its existence, but now I know a lot more about what happened intimately because I've seen this movie, and, I, and I'm really, really glad I did. Um, yeah. I uh, looked up Jay Bayona and I didn't realize he did a couple episodes of Penny Dreadful, but he's directing a couple of the episodes of the new Lord of the Rings show. I think he's doing, he's doing the pilot, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. The first two episodes. Nice. Cool. Um, I I mean, as of recording, uh, I, I think it actually might be out by the time this episode comes out, but that's uh, September second. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, before we before we move on, I do want to share um, what the uh, what the real Maria uh, Maria Ballon uh, said about the tsunami. I think this is um, I, I think this is just really insightful. Uh, she said the tsunami was an incredible gift. I embrace life. My whole life is extra time. There is no difference between me, a Spanish woman named Maria who is alive, and thousands of moms who are under the sea. I do not deserve to be alive, but life is not fair. I feel pain and compassion for so many others who didn't come back up or lost the ones they love. My whole story is on my body and it is wonderful 
because it means I am alive. Um, and, you know, I feel like that is uh, Maria's character, essentially summed up very well by the woman herself. Um, and uh, yeah, um, so before we move on, Shane, I do want to ask as well, uh, where does the impossible rank in your uh, list of uh, films that we have watched so four. far? Number four, interesting. I have this uh, right below Hard Boiled, mm -hmm. below It's Such a Beautiful Day, below Popstar. Interesting. Uh, I have it number five, uh, right below Shadow of a Doubt and right above Dead Presidents. Um, yeah, so that is that is where it stands for me. And currently, this is our 11th episode, it looks like. So it's it, it, it feels like a real list now, as opposed to, you know, the first couple episodes when it was just, you know, uh, a couple and you had to sort of rearrange them however you wanted to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We're adding depth to this. Exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, also, I keep on saying before we move on, I'm going to talk about this. Uh, but I do, uh, as, as always, there is some trivia that I want to mention about the film that I think is quite fascinating. Uh, first of all, uh, the crew filmed partially on location of the actual resort, which has since been rebuilt. Um, however, yeah, when the tsunami uh, hits, it is a scale model of the resort that is used. And uh, might I just say that the transition is seamless between you know the actual resort and the model. I would never have been able to tell, yeah. to tell the difference. Um, and uh, for the underwater scenes, Naomi Watts was strapped in a rotating chair. So while filming, uh, when she couldn't hold her breath any longer, she gave uh, the stop sign. And instead of stopping, the chair started spinning the other way around. That was actually a technical error. And Watts stated that she felt very scared and hated the chair for that very reason. Um, so I don't blame her. Very terribly. <laughs> yeah. My God. Yeah. Um, and uh, most, and finally, uh, many of the extras were actual survivors of the tsunami. Um, so it's, I think, very cool that they uh, that they got them involved and were able to recognize them uh, on screen. Uh, next, we have three categories uh, to go down. We have yes. movies about family. We have natural disaster movies, and we have our 2012 watch list because we just did our top five of 2012 with uh, "It's Such a Beautiful Day." So we figured, mm. why not? Let's just do the five that we still haven't gotten to, but we really want to uh, of this year. Uh, so let's start off with movies about family. And uh, I regret to inform any uh, Fast and Furious heads out there uh, that that franchise is present on neither of our lists uh so sorry to, sorry to disappoint you come back when we uh do a franchise binge watch um yeah so mine's by choice yeah because i've seen them <laughs> mine is by necessity because i've not <laughs> so yeah uh but shane uh i would like you to start off uh what are your top five movies about family this is like this is a very eclectic list and i of liked course. it um my number five is coco because the whole entire thing is about connecting with family, whether living or dead. And it's such a beautiful film. And just, I love the music in it and just a striking film. And Ernesto, um, evil. Um, number four, which is now for something completely different, is The Killing of Sacred Deer, which is definitely about a family um, being forced to make a very tough decision. <laughs> and very cold and distant family but family nonetheless uh now for a very quirky family which is little miss sunshine who is uh, they're honestly one of my favorite families in the movie 
just all of them from top to bottom, just like, and Alan Arkin steals the whole entire show. It's like, kid, you shouldn't be doing those drugs. You're young. Go live. But you do drugs, Grandpa. I'm old. I'd be crazy not to do them. Uh, just love, 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 love that movie so much and that family in it. My number two is actually Signs, which I am a huge fan of this film. And unfortunately, unfortunately, watched this when I was 12 and scared the living daylights out of me. But I do love the family dynamic of it and them coming together during such a strange and unnerving experience. And I feel like if my number one wasn't The Godfather, I don't know what kind of Italian-American I would be. <laughs> so that's my only explanation. So there you go. Mr. Conto, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. You don't even put The Godfather as number one. But you did. So you don't have to fear Don Corleone anymore. Yeah, I, I was like... I'm making an offer we can't refuse. <laughs> I feel like I would have to hand in my Italian American card. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just, yeah, I surrender it. But yeah, it's one of the, it's arguably the greatest film of all time. So honestly, should probably be at the top of the list. Of course. Uh, I will say I will spoil mine a little bit uh, and I will say that uh, we do have some very similar picks on there uh, and I did okay. slightly adjust uh, mine to uh, to uh, fit in with yours because you brought up a very good one because I just saw Little Miss Sunshine uh, a couple uh, like last week or something and I made this list before then so little adjustment had to be made but that's not number five my number five is about time. Uh, a film that I will that, that always makes me cry. It is the only film I, I've watched that that consistently makes me cry. Uh, and I just love, uh, you know, it, it's it's not so much uh, about the ensemble family like Little Miss Sunshine is, but it is very much about the values of family and spending time together and and you know, just treating every every moment as precious. And Robert, as you're listening out there, you're welcome. <laughs> Robert from Sif Pop well, is like, probably the biggest champion i've met about this movie well we'll have to have him on when uh when this is uh when when we eventually do this because obviously we are going to get to every movie ever on this podcast because it's going to run forever i would love (laughs) to talk about about time i just watched that for the first time in the past like this year because of robert so there you go yeah yeah uh it is That's so good. Uh, My number four is Coco for all the reasons you mentioned. Uh, My number three is Logan, which as we are recording is hitting Disney plus tomorrow uh, as one of the first R rated movies to be on the platform. Um, It is about uh, family. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, This one kind of popped up unexpectedly when I was searching around for, for movies about family. Uh, And I, just wholeheartedly uh, agree with 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 everything. It may not be very straightforward, and it may be superhero uh, themed, but I do think that it it, it like it definitely fits in uh, with with at least my personal criteria. He died with his heart in his hand, and now I'll go oh. ball my eyes out. Now goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my number two is Little Miss Sunshine, uh, watched very recently. I, m- m- my whole family watched that movie with me, and we were just laughing, yep. and we were having such a good time. Uh, so, so good. Uh, and my number one is also The Godfather. How could I not? Uh, I would put The Godfather Part Two on here if I could, but I feel like that would be just a little bit of a cheat. Uh, and I think the first one, you know, really encapsulates all of those, you know, like mafia family vibes, uh, even though... 
you, you know, what happens at the end of the second one does happen at the end of the second one. But I feel like the first one is about family. And I think the second one's about how you F over your family yeah, <laughs> and destroy and alienate your family. So I do Very think true. the first one's a better representation of what we're talking about. Yes, completely. Uh, and I actually, in a rare move, came with some honorable mentions for this category. But uh, Shane, do you have any? That you would like to throw out? Well, now I'm thinking Logan. I'm like, how did that not get on my <laughs> list? Oh, I love that movie so much. So yeah, I'm stealing one of your sets, one of my honorable mentions. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm gonna uh should we go one by one or should we just go all of them at once? Go right ahead. Cool. Uh I have the father, uh fences, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Finding Nemo as my honorable mentions. Those are all very good ones father make you just devastated devastation it's that tiktok trend of emotional damage it's like yeah 100 that's how i felt after watching that movie you know shane you're gonna look really dumb when that's not a tiktok trend anymore when this episode comes out (laughs) i'm not gonna lie that thing's been around since i made my tiktok yeah it's been a while so who knows who knows i think that i think that one has some legs Except I don't know shit about social media so, and social media trends. Yeah. Um, next up is natural disaster movies, which I personally took a lot of liberties with. Uh, but um, okay. so I guess I will I, I, I will start us off on this one. Uh, my number five is The Impossible for all the reasons we've mentioned. Uh, just a, like in, in my opinion, a pitch perfect uh, depiction of how a natural disaster like this uh, affects people on a very human level. My number four is Gravity, which is a natural disaster in space. In space. <laughs> My number three is Don't Look Up, uh, which is t- which is not so much about the disaster itself, but is about the lead up to a disaster. Uh, and my number two is Titanic, although the actual disaster is caused by human incompetence. Uh, that human incompetence would not have been a problem if there was not an iceberg in the way of yes, the ship. Yes, 100%. And my number one, a uh, bit of a cheat, but it's Interstellar, uh, which, you know, uh, the whole reason they are going to, uh, if I remember correctly, the whole reason they are going to uh, another planet is because Earth is becoming uninhabitable. Uh, it is because a of, dust uh, bowl everywhere. Exactly, everywhere, literally everywhere. Uh, fingers crossed that Chris for Nolan it's not that prescient uh, but we shall see uh, your list Shane that was an interesting list mine I feel like is like I definitely took some liberties with quality um, in terms of like actually putting together some real national disasters here but like I think it's a more fun list than it is like a great movie list mm-hmm. but like yeah. my number five is Dante's Peak I had to flip a coin between this and Volcano um, both came out around the same time Pierce Brosnan in a movie and Linda Hamilton in a movie about a volcano hell yeah um, number four perfect uh, the perfect storm which I think I I had that on VHS and haven't watched it since then and now looking back and seeing how many famous people were in that movie I'm just like are you kidding me um, Marky Mark though and George Clooners <laughs> Um, Clooners. Yep, number three, <laughs> Twister. Twister. It's a Twister. Or know, that's, from, that's from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> or you know what my favorite Helen Hunt movie is? Twister. Or you could make an Awesome Powers reference, like I did. Um, but Bill Paxton, it, like it's. 
I haven't also watched that in a long time. This one came out recently, and I was shocked by how much I loved it, was Greenland. Like, this is how you set up human drama and spectacle of a natural disaster. And I love Gerard Butler. He's great. Um, and number one is Armageddon. Because this is by far my favorite Michael Bay movie. And the amazing character setup in the first half of this movie is absolutely hilarious. And then this has the most amazing melodramatic cheese uh, all over it. Um, but, you know, Bruce Willie saved the world. <laughs> I love, it. I love it. Uh, those are all movies that I haven't seen. Uh, so I should, Interesting. I should definitely get, get, so, get to them at some point. Yeah. Um, um, from a quality perspective, I would highly recommend Greenland. That's probably cool. the one that I think the they're making a sequel. Movie. Yeah, they're making yes. a sequel. So I think it'll probably be worth checking out. Um, I'm excited about this last list because mm-hmm. I actually had to do some serious digging because I feel like I've seen most big movies from 2012. I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm sure that, uh, that are, um, that our lists are going to be uh, very different in this regard. Um, so uh, this next is 2012 watch list. Uh, Shane, you are up first. What are some? Uh, what are five movies from 2012 in in no particular order uh, that yeah. you have not yet gotten to? Sightseers from Ben Wheatley, which I Jesus, honestly that's a that's a, that's a deep pull. <laughs> I don't think I really like any of his movies, but I'm fascinated by them. So. We're checking out Damsels in Distress. It has Greta Gerwig and Leo Tipton in it. And I'm like, well, I really like Greta Gerwig. And she doesn't really act much anymore. So I would be an interesting one to check out. Oslo, August 31st. And that's because Joaquin Trier made it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen The Worst Person in the World, which I absolutely love. So Which is the best check. movie in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Just got on my criterion. Um <laughs> Uh, Cosmo, uh, Cosmopolis uh, with uh, Robert Pattinson in it and it's a Cronenberg movie so I'm like oh haven't checked that one out definitely have to and then Amour because I actually did hear about this movie got some Oscar buzz and it's from Michael Haneke so you know this will devastate you so there you go <laughs> nice yeah, uh, my list is not quite so uh, eclectic. Uh, I want to get to Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, that is one of my big Wes Anderson that I haven't uh, gotten to yet. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook is another one. And speaking of Greta Gerwig, Francis Ha is one that I have not gotten to yet. Um, I actually haven't seen any Noah Baumbach. So Francis Ha and Marriage Story are the two big ones that I still, nice. need, to, that I still need to watch. Um, Life of Pi is uh my next one uh almost saw the stage adaptation which is on the west end now when i was in uh england um which would have been fascinating we saw book of mormon instead which i'm very glad about uh but uh yeah but still uh i I, i'm very interested in uh both the book and the film and my final one is the master paul thomas anderson uh big philip seymour hoffman uh, i've heard film that i have never seen so Uh, definitely gotta get to those best acting ever period wow. in well, a movie it's a pretty high bar but knowing philip seymour hoffman it is probably not a hard bar for him to clear there's one particular scene between him and joaquin phoenix that's just like chef's kiss i'm sure 
um well yes so uh that is our discussion of the impossible uh j.a bayona's film from 2012 uh shane i know we probably should have talked about this before recording but what will we be watching next week we are going to be watching the man who would be king the man who would be king interesting which is a rudyard kipling adaptation directed by john houston starring sean connor and michael caine Wow, 1975. Cool. And it is available on HBO Max for easy streaming yes, purposes. finally. Because <laughs> I haven't been able to find this damn movie for years. So yeah. that's why I want to watch. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, so... Uh, that is the man who would be king next week. Uh, but I want to thank you all out there for listening or watching whatever, uh, however you are consuming our show. It, we, we really, really appreciate it, especially if, if you've gotten this far. It means a lot. Um, but uh, for Rowan and the Wasteland, uh, my name is Rowan Wood. And my name is not the Wasteland, but it is Shane. And I am the Wasteland reviewer. <laughs> and we will see you next week. <laughs>